Money Savvy. This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Peter Mero and Soko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Bitumelo Nzoko. If there's one thing we've learned from the COVID-19 pandemic, it's that having one stream of income is not enough. An extra source of funds to fall back on can offer you a security blanket during hard times. This is where side hustles can come in. A lot of people have over the years been dipping their toes in the entrepreneurial pool on a part-time basis to see if their ideas can be money spinners. So what should you consider before jumping into the side business club? And how does it affect your financial plan? Gareth Collier of Crew Invest joins us on this episode to discuss this further. Gareth, if you're considering starting a side hustle but are unsure about what to do, what are some of the options you can explore? Hi, Tumi. You know, when you're considering a side hustle, generally probably the best place to start is look at a few, if you have any personal interests or hobbies that you could possibly look at monetizing. You know, things like if you have an interest in cooking or maybe in uh, looking after children or maybe uh, education, you could consider something like tutoring or possibly even putting out a little fun homemade cookbook, something like that, that you can even distribute digitally that people can download that's not going to be too expensive for you to produce, you know, possibly just a bit of time and effort to to design it, where you can start earning an income from from those little side interests. And then in recent years, we've seen a lot of young people starting YouTube channels and podcasts. How easy is it to monetize these? And is there a way to speed up the process? Look, I think with with YouTube, that seems to be on the surface, uh, appears to be a very fun way to, to possibly generate an income. Some of the guys I've seen who've, who've been successful out of it um, internationally, if you look at some of their interviews, they, they actually talk about how difficult it is, you know, where the competition is very high. There's a lot of content available. So probably the biggest challenge is to find content that people want to see and something that you can deliver in, in a manner that's entertaining and it's actually going to attract people's attention. You know, if you look at the the pure numbers, the stats are kind of showing or YouTube at least are advising that you probably need somewhere around about 20,000 subscribers to your channel before you can actually start to make any kind of, you know, what you and I would consider a a decent living out of that channel. So let's say I have an idea for my side hustle and I'm in the process of setting it up. Is there a financial rule or a maximum ballpark figure on how much of my salary should go into funding my business? Well, again, I think that the challenge, whether it's a side hustle or or just a new business in general, the biggest consideration is always to make sure that you don't fall into the trap of, of throwing good money after bad. You know, if you've got a an income that you're earning, again, if you've got a personal hobby or an interest that, that you think you can make money out of, the sad truth is that it doesn't necessarily always equate to being a, a marketable idea. So what you want to avoid is, is a situation where you're going out, you're working in your full-time employment, so you're using up all of your time there. And then what's happening is you're taking that income and you're reinvesting it into something where it might not be a viable income generating idea. So probably in an ideal situation, you want to make sure that you're not having to dedicate any money at all. Maybe it's just your own creativity and a bit of your a bit of your time or, or using resources that you have available in any case, you know, whether that's kind of putting out, I don't know, maybe a, a book review or, or a video that we've spoken about already before kind of going and investing money into maybe marketing that or, or buying up products and stock 
the idea is you, you want to try and stress test that business to make sure that you can actually earn an income. And then what they call, they call it bootstrapping, where you actually kind of, you know, you just build the business organically, where the income that you generate from that business, you can then reinvest that into the idea rather than maybe using some of the other income that you're earning to to have to kind of push it forward. Okay, so if we can't use maybe our salary, what are some other ways you can fund your side hustle? Look, the, the traditional banks are quite cautious when it comes to to funding entrepreneurs, unfortunately. But that's also given rise to to alternative companies who who do see the value in in backing entrepreneurs. Locally, there's some companies, there's one by the name of FinCheck, uh, another one called Lululand, even something like Zande Africa. That's a business that's actually specifically been set up to provide the uh, financial assistance when you procure stock for a spaza shop. So there are other businesses um, who are there to to kind of fill the gap that maybe the traditional banks are a little bit cautious to to get involved in. And should you register your side business venture if it's not generating a lot of income? Are there any benefits to doing so? Uh, look, I think when you start out a new business, you by default going to be operating as a, a sole proprietor in terms of uh, your your tax affairs. So uh, legally speaking, you know, any income that you are generating, you do need to declare that to SARS and any additional income over and above your, your salary is in fact taxable. If you find that your that your side hustle or your, your secondary business or income is, is starting to look quite promising, then you probably would want to consider registering that business, maybe in the form of a, of a PTY limited company. And what that does is it has a couple of advantages. Firstly, it's it creates a legal separation between your yourself and your personal capacity and your business. And then also from a taxation perspective, you're not being taxed maybe at what would possibly be considered high rates in personal income tax. And your business can start possibly qualifying for some small business tax rates, which are significantly lower than PAYE or or paying full corporate tax. And depending on the nature and the size of your business, you may even want to look at considering uh, registering for turnover tax. If your business qualifies and you're turning over less than a million rand, that can give you significant savings on your tax bill. And just staying on taxes, how does having a side hustle impact your personal taxes? So like we said now, remember, if you do have a side hustle and you're operating within that sole proprietor space, there's no separation between you and the business. You know, you're seen as one and the same. So if that business generates significant profits during the year and you're earning a salary as well, you know, through your employer, they would have been deducting your your PAYE that you need to pay month to month. Your income from your business is now going to be added on top of that, which can push you into into brackets on a personal level that are much higher than what a company would pay um, in terms of either small business tax or maybe even the, the usual corporate tax rates. What insurance cover should you have in place for your side business? So again, that's going to depend on the nature of the side business. Obviously, if you are maybe trading stock items where you're buying and selling physical goods, best place there is, is to make sure that you've got some sort of short-term insurance cover to to protect those products. From a personal perspective, um, if you have taken out possibly any loans, there's a good chance that those institutions would have asked you 
in your personal capacity to to sign surety for those loans. So if something does happen to you, you know, i.e. you pass away or maybe you become disabled and you can no longer work, it's a good idea to have insurances in place to make sure that those loans can be repaid um, in those events. And then what about income protection? So your income protection is, you've got to think of it as being very uh, explicit and tied into your actual income. So often the challenge with a, with a side hustle is that if you are generating extra income, um, it may not be very consistent and it may take a bit of time before you can prove the consistency of that income. You know, if you go and take out additional income protection for that additional income, the, the challenge and the responsibility always lies with the with yourself being the insured to make sure that you can prove that income if you ever need to claim it. So, yes, you, you can certainly have that additional cover if you are consistently generating that income and you can prove it. How do you know when it is the right time to leave your full-time job to solely focus on your side hustle? What criteria should be met? A lot of the time when people start these sideline businesses, it's with the intention of just generating a little bit of income. And, you know, depending on how successful they become, they might find that, you know, if you compare the time that you're investing into your formal employment against your own business, you you maybe start to become aware of the fact or when it becomes a, a reality that, Uh, investing more time into your own business is going to give you a better return, let's say on an hourly rate, than if you just carry on working it for your employer. You know, that would probably be the the first and best indication that it's it's time to maybe give up your your employment and and solely focus on your own business. Um, It could also be that that business um, only needs to sort of replace your lifestyle that you had now. But what it's possibly doing is giving you greater freedom, maybe a bit more independence, a bit more control over your income, and you're not sort of at the um, you know the behest of your employer. Also, you might find that if your business is really taking off, it's going to literally start demanding more and more of your time. And you know the very nature of a side hustle, you are doing that in your personal time outside of normal working hours. And you know if that business also needs to operate within normal hours, you might need to to then consider giving up your formal employment to to really focus on your on your own business. And on estate planning, how would you factor your side hustle into your estate plan? Would you include it or would you wait a while? Uh, well again, I think it's going to depend on the the size of that of that side hustle, you know. Again, if you if you're buying and selling goods, depending on what those goods are and, and the value of them, that's definitely going to affect your your estate plan because it's going to be considered, you know, assets in your estate. If you are maybe just doing tutoring online or something like that, we we possibly what you're doing is you're actually just selling your time. Obviously, that's not really going to affect your estate plan at all because obviously if you pass away and you're not there anymore, there simply won't be a business any longer. And if starting a side hustle is too much work for you, what are some of the other ways you can earn a passive income? Passive income is a bit of an oxymoron. That's the, <laughs> the unicorn that everybody tries to find. Um, unfortunately, there's this almost to be this whole industry around this concept of passive income. Um, and, and the reality is that, you know, if you, if you think about it, there's nobody that would, would employ you to just sort of passively sit at your desk all day and do nothing but still pay you. Income is something that's that's generally generated and earned. Some of the more sort of traditional ones people like to think of is is rental income as, as being sort of a, a passive income. So maybe if you if you have an extra room at home or, or possibly, a you know, maybe a granny flat or maybe you want to kind of look at investing in, a, in an investment uh, property or something, 
yes, somebody else is paying that rental. But also remember, at the end of the day, you're still going to be responsible for the maintenance of that property, the upkeep, the the rates and taxes, you know, making sure people do pay on time, that sort of thing. So, you know, be very careful and cautious when you when you think of passive income. There's always going to be some form of input from you to be able to actually generate some sort of an income. Thank you, Gareth. That was Gareth Collier, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy podcast hosted by Buitamelo and Soko. To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.